Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. That team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Steve Rosenblum. There was a keg stand. I lost to an 81-year-old lady. She got off the main <laughs> floor, and then, and, but I was, it was really close. Mark Grody. I've been waiting to get a hold of this guy for years. Yeah, like they're, like Channel 2 News is out there interviewing people. Yeah, I've been talking to my wife about getting Steve. He wants connected my dots and more to my plate. I'm going to dunk his ass. They suck, so you don't have to. Can't you morons do anything right? Founding members of the WB Club. Smoke weed every day. The three words that describe this show, and I quote. Stink. Stank. Stunk. It's Saturday Suckage on the score. We should be 670 WSUK. Good morning. Welcome in. Saturday Suckage. Steve Rosenblum with you. Let's find out who else is here. Let's take attendance. Grobber. It sucks and it freebases. Don Cooper. If I think something sucks, I'll tell you it sucks. Mike Tomlin. Uh, sucking. Jake Arietta. This sucks. Really, it does. Brian Cashman. I also know that we suck right now. Albert Almora. Damn, Willie, man. Like, do we suck? Chris Rock. I suck so bad, he used to pick me after the white kids. Pat Fitzgerald. Sometimes you gotta embrace the suck. Eloy Jimenez. Hey, you guys not gonna make anyway. You guys are suck. Hey, when when I got traded the next day, oh, welcome to the suck team. Toby. Oh my God, this sucks. Random Bears fan. And Steph Curry. We suck tonight. Terry Bores. Finally made a list of somebody who thinks he sucks besides I do. Avenue Q. It sucks to be me. It sucks to be me. It sucks to be broken, unemployed, and turning 33. St. John. Sucks to me. Ross Perot. There will be a giant sucking sound going south. Devin McCourty. Sucks to end the season that way. Nick Chubb. One of the things that stuck stuck to us when when he came here, he said, you know, you got to embrace the suck. Pat McAfee. There are some commentators that f- suck out there. 
Nicholas Ehlers. Uh, yeah, uh, not a fun morning. Um, uh, yeah, it, it, it sucks. Um, Chris Ballard. And now we get we lay, lose these last two games and we just suck. Giannis. We suck. Played bad. They made shots. They played good. They played better than us. Drew Doughty. Thanks for going through this. I know it sucks watching it, but uh, we'll get out there in a sec. Um... Trash Panda. Yo, what's up? Yeah, How dude. We doing? No Grody, no Esposito, no Justin Burnfield, Jordan Burnfield, whatever his damn name is. He's off covering some tournament. No Wayne Randazzo. He's got baseball now. No Matt Spiegel. No Matt Spiegel. No, he's in the Dominican Casino of displays, right? You know, where I've, where d- is he? Dominican Republic. I've yeah. been there before. My cousin got married down there. Really? Yeah. And was it a good time? I or remember it some n- of it. Yeah. Hiram Bithorn Stadium. I, is I that actually, where you were married? I, <laughs> it was at a the I can't remember what the the resort. It was a Hard Rock resort. It was pretty cool. So there was a casino attached to the resort. It was pretty. It was pretty sweet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. All right. I, Did you I, officiate that? No, I didn't officiate that one. I what? wasn't. I wasn't a legal officiant yet. Now you are. Now I am. So I couldn't. Well, see, they technically. Every country has different rules on this. So they officially got married before going to the Dominican. So when we were down there, they were already married and they had a ceremony. Okay. Yeah. But they were technically already married. Brandon and Emily, my son and daughter-in-law, went through it twice. They they apparently plan on getting married every year, once before 10 people and then before 100 people. So <laughs> I don't know what's next, but we may have to fill Soldier Field or whatever's out in Arlington Heights yeah, by the not? time they yeah. get done all that. So. Would you have, would it, would the second one, it would not have required a legal officiant. You could no, have done it in a clown I, suit. You could have been Krusty <laughs> the Clown. Good see, they, they did have one of their friends as their officiant for their legal ceremony. Here. Yes. And then, and then they had, I don't know, I don't know who the person was that was the person that, quotes married them in the Dominican. It was a nice ceremony though. It was right on the beach. Always a nice. Of, yeah. Always a nice backdrop. Yeah, it's nice. So he's Trash Panda. He's here today. He's riding shotgun with me on Saturday. Suckage. We're broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios. Brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. If you want to text in or if you want to call. Same number, 312-644-6767. The text zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at RosenHyundai.com. Guests will join us on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Our guest today, well, kind of feels like Trash Panda's a guest. Yeah, he is, kind he's, of. He's yeah. a guest co-host. Ish. Megan Montemuro of the Trib. She covers the Cubs. They made news. They extended their manager. And in the first day, first couple days, the first blush of universal DH and what you can do about it, the Cubs signed a guy who can't hit. Congratulations. Yay. And he's an anti-vaxxer, so he's going to hurt the team that way if, they're, if those rules still exist. Well, they, Really they, nice well, job. It will hurt them if they play Toronto this year. If they if they go to Toronto, because Canada has a, pretty, a much stricter vaccine requirement. No Canada. No I'm going to look that COVID. up right now and see if they play in Toronto, actually. The noon hour will bring you Mark Grody. This is his show. He's not on the show, but he will be on the show talking about Bears, my friend. There's a lot of Bears news. Khalil Max gone. Tariq Cohen, gone. Eddie Goldman, gone. Wow. 
Matt, that's massive okay, news. Okay, it's time for the easiest part of any coach's job, the cuts. Now, while I wasn't able to cut everyone I wanted to, I have cut a lot of you. Wendell is cut. Rudy is cut. Danny, you're gone. Steven, I like your hustle. That's why it was so hard to cut you. Congratulations. The rest of you made the team. <sighs> Except you, you, and you. Nice. There we go. And at 1 o'clock, Rick Camp will be here. We will talk Bulls. It's Bulls-Cavs tonight. Boy, is this a must-win, better-win, gotta-win, and there's no excuse for losing kind of game tonight. And we'll discuss restaurants with Rick Camp, not only the not only a host of the Bulls post-game show, but a prominent, I think that's a pretty diplomatic word, a prominent co-founder, co-host of the I'm Fat podcast. I would say so. Yeah. Okay. By the way, the Cubs do play at Toronto in the last week of August. So the OPS plus of 57.4 that Andrelton Simmons carried last year won't be brought up to Toronto this year? Uh, I guess not. So, yeah. he, by the way, last year at this time, he declared himself he, he declared himself not to be vaxxed. He would not get the shot. He does, it's a personal decision. Even though there's a raging worldwide pandemic, he's not going to do that. A month later, he was... He tested positive for COVID. Your Minnesota. <laughs> it's it's funny how that happens almost to a T to everyone that says they're not going to get vaccinated. Yeah, but, you know. I just so that's the deal with um, the news is going on. We will also replay Steve Stone's appearance on Inside the Clubhouse. That will be in the one o'clock hour. Stoney was here, had some insight to the sock. So we have Trash Pandas, a perfect time to be co-hosting with me because there is. Sox Twitter anger, like it's in mid-season form. He's already got his his rouge rectal side. <laughs> He's already and stirring up crap. You and Josh Nelson of Sox Machine. Hey, I, it wasn't me that started this. I was just saying, hey, look, Sox Twitter is angry again because they're always angry. Always. Are they angry that Rick Hahn says we should win the World Series? I think that was okay. I think they're okay with that. I think that Sox Twitter is united on that front. Okay. But I, from in, in trying to figure out what happened, it sounds like it wasn't really an argument, according to some. But I, I get to the station this morning, and I'm going through Twitter, seeing, you know, seeing what's, seeing what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why is Sox Twitter so active at 8 in the morning? What's going on here? Why why is everyone going back and forth? So I think that I think that our guy Patrick Knowles stirred up a little something when he said something about Adam it, it he basically stirred up an an Adam Angle versus Michael Conforto thing because he said something to the effect of he likes Adam Angle and he thinks he might be a, a, an okay guy to go with Better, it, better than Michael Conforto. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Right. I don't know. And, well, I, and, I think they, they – and then Josh Nelson put him in timeout. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then and then I think that just got things rolling the way – and, you know, Sox Twitter is is a volatile place. I don't know if, I don't know how goodness. active – Yeah. <laughs> thank goodness. There's there's a lot of red asses. There was also the idea of, the, of what 
Carlos Rodon signed or reportedly signed or will agree to with the Giants. Oh, yeah. Well, so, yeah, and we can't let that go without. Well, why didn't they give him the qualifying offer? Do you know why they didn't give him the qualifying? It couldn't be any more obvious. In fact, it was so obvious you think Ryan Poles made these decisions for Rick Hahn. (laughs) Because if you can't play, you can't play for us. Exactly. That's We'll get to Carlos Rodon later, but that's pretty much what it boils down to. With the Bears, Khalil Mack. Yes. A, a, they, they paid a fortune for him. They were all in. Ryan Pace was always all in. We're all in, and we're fired up, and we're all in, and we're fired up. And eventually, they, they always suck. And <laughs> Except they, that one year. And, right. And that one year it was, it was wonderful. It was, it was magical. It mm-hmm. was, oh, my God, look at that, look at that. Oh, my God, Ryan Pace doesn't know kickers either. <laughs> and... And you looked at what Khalil Mack did, and then he never did it again. He was averaging that. I mean, last year, he missed half the season or so, and he was averaging a sack a game when he played, but he didn't play. And look at the carnage this week. Mack's gone in a trade. Mm -hmm. Tariq Cohen, he's hurt. He can't play. Eddie Goldman hasn't been consistent in the last two years. He missed one season altogether. If you can't play, you're gone. Heads up, Eddie Jackson. I think that Eddie Jackson is probably going to be on notice for this year because if they, it's one thing to get rid of Khalil Mack where they still are relatively deep up front on the, on the front four anyway. And they, and they have a guy who can step in like Travis Gibson. It's an, it's one thing to get rid of Tariq Cohen when you're pretty deep at running back. Eddie Goldman, again, Hasn't been the same guy since he came back this last year. He was really inconsistent in the last season and hasn't been able to stay on the field. But when you look at the defensive backs and you look at Eddie Jackson, if they get rid of Eddie Jackson, they they have no safeties on the roster. So I think he'll be back mainly because you they've created some holes already just by doing this, mm-hmm. but ne- they're already so thin in the defensive backfield. And Eddie Jackson, while he's not playing up to his contract, is still a starting safety in the NFL. Are you bothered by any of what you saw Ryan Poles do this week? I'm bothered in... See, this is where I found myself struggling with the duality in my head, where I have Wow, the, did you use that overnight when you were in the Grobstein I think shift? I can't remember if I did or not. I, think I, had, I had the word written down, but... I, I I don't know if I can't remember now if I used it because those shifts are just a haze. But <laughs> um, I, I I the the duality in my head of the there's the fan side of me which is a huge Bears fan and there's the logical side of me which observes the Bears as you know an analyst and a, and a a score talk show person that has to score develop, talk that has, show, that has but not a hall of famer this. baseball yes. person, yes. <laughs> but a score as, talk as show. someone that has to analyze the moves that they make. Okay. So what are but, they compare so, and contrast? Okay. I look at this as a fan and I say, it sucks that Khalil Mack is leaving because I loved watching him play uh-huh. and I appreciated the hell out of what, out of what he meant when he was brought in because he signaled what was supposed to be a return to contention. He signaled the, hey, we're not messing around anymore. We're here. The team is, we're not rebuilding anymore. We are going for going for it. And it didn't work out over the last four years. That's not what happened. We had that one year, 
And then, oh, it turns out they don't have the quarterback and we don't have a GM that's willing to admit we don't have the quarterback and we have a bad coach. And so it all kind of fell apart. And now and, you don't and have, so now and then you didn't leaving, have Mac because yes. he kept getting hurt. Yes. And now him leaving signal signifies the end of all the good that we felt in 2018. So that sucks. Now, the logical part of me says this makes all the sense in the world. Like you can't. Khalil Mack is a is the type of player you have when you are in contention, and there's no point of having him here, mm-hmm. even if he does have 15 sacks in the next year. That's not going to get them anywhere this this season. It's just not, and because they're not going anywhere this next year. And Ryan Poles looking at the roster he has and admitting that and saying we need to move on, and he's the best asset that I have to gain back assets that we have lost from the previous regime. I think is a cutthroatness that the Bears have been missing. Yes, and that means Robert Quinn might be next. A one five texture before we break and we talk Cubs. This is this refers to what we were talking about the Cubs. A one five texture to the uh, <clears throat> Tech Zone brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at rosenhyundai.com. Come on, guys! My wife and I double vaxxed and boosted. Where'd it go now? Both still got COVID in December. It doesn't matter if you were vaxxed or not. You can get COVID. It reduces the infection, but it doesn't stop anyone from getting COVID. Time to give up on that line. No, it's not time to give up on that line if baseball has rules for it. That's what happened. That's what made Anthony Rizzo a bad teammate and a bad captain. Baseball had rules that allowed teams that it, that had over 85% of the of the players vaxxed, of the, of the team personnel vaxxed, gave them opportunities to be together and freedoms – that those like the Cubs did not enjoy and management said it was a competitive disadvantage to be that way. So I'm just explaining that to you. We will discuss that and more about the Cubs with Megan Montemoro. She covers the Cubs for the Tribune. He's Trash Panda. He's in for Grody. Grody will be here, but he's not here. So Trash Panda is. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Saturday suckage. We suck so you don't have to. Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. (coughs) Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other 
other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You know, we, uh, we, started, um, we started negotiations, um, you know, I guess back in September, this like, initial... Um, and then we, we kind of uh, talked throughout and we sort of agreed, um, we knew how busy it was going to be before the, um, potential lockout. So we sort of agreed, Hey, let's just, we can, we can talk about this when things might be a little bit quieter. And so we started talking after that and, uh, we're able to get a deal done, but you know, it was a pleasure working with, with, uh, his agent, Ryan Glykowski. Um, he knows how I feel about, about David, uh, couldn't imagine, a better partner to work with and a better representative of the Cubs. So how thrilled we could get it done and uh, you know, keep him in that seat for a long time. Cubs general manager, president, Ubermacher himself, Jed Hoyer, talking to Marquee, Marquee Network, about uh, extending David Ross. Cubs manager is back. So are we Saturday Suckage. Steve Rosenblum and Trash Panda, Adam Staczynski with you. Saturday Suckage, we suck so you don't have to. We are going to talk some more Cubs. We go to the score hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And we welcome back to the show. She's live and in Arizona, a live look at a cactus. Megan Montemoreau joins us of the Tribune. She covers the Cubs. Megan, how are you? I'm good. How about you guys? We're doing good. Thanks for joining us. So, David Ross, uh, getting two more years to stay off Dancing with the Stars. I think that helps everybody involved. The the I don't think it was a surprise. It seemed to be indicated early on when and as soon as they could make baseball moves. Given the managers you've covered and what you saw under pretty difficult circumstances, Rate the job you've seen Ross do and why Jed Hoyer went with this. Yeah, I mean, I think he's done a really good job given, you know, his first year in 2020, everything was so complicated, you know, with COVID stopping and starting and a shortened season and all those protocols. And and then obviously, you know, last year there were still some of those things you had to manage, you know, beyond just the day-to-day stuff. So, I mean, that would be challenging for any manager, let alone a first-time manager um, at any level in in Ross. And so, yeah, I mean, I I think 
he has done well given the challenges he's faced. And, you know, when the Cubs hired him for the position, you know, clearly they understood that, you know, he would be growing into the role and it would be a process. And, you know, Hoyer, you know, expressed the same to us yesterday that, you know, you know, he's been really committed to learning a variety of areas over the past couple of years, whether it's, you know, delving more into analytics and in-game strategy and, and so I think you've seen that, you know, I, I definitely think, you know, one of the strengths last year was, you know, his, his bullpen pitching staff management for the most part. And, and some of that, you know, is a tribute to his coaching staff as well. But I think what the Cubs have seen the last two years, you know, gives them optimism that he's going to continue to, to grow into the role and, and uh, you know, really solidify himself, you know, as a really good all-around manager. So, Megan, now that we have the new CBA and the, the players are starting to actually report to camp here, we saw uh, from yourself and other Cubs beat writers, Marcus Stroman having his first bullpen with the Cubs today. So what did you see from him? And I saw, I saw he was had a lot of smiles afterwards. So what did you guys hear from him after he was done? Yeah, the big thing was you're just starting for him to build a rapport with the coaching staff i mean they only were able to have contact um really since two within the last two days he signed basically i think it was like an hour or two the deal became official before the lockout went into effect so there really hasn't been much time for him to get to know you know tommy hotovy or chris young and and work with any of the catchers um he threw to jan gomes today who also obviously is a new addition um, so he's talked about afterwards, just the big thing is getting on the same page, you know, getting to know each other um, and, and really, you know, focusing on that these next couple of weeks, um, because he said, you know, physically he feels great with where he's at. He said he's been throwing um, 50 pitch bullpens um, and he feels raring to go. So it, the big thing now is just making sure everyone's on the same page with things. Our guest is my, Megan Montemurro of the Chicago Tribune. She covers the Cubs. Steve Rosenblum and Trash Panda with you here on Saturday Suckage. So you you made a point today, speaking of Stroman and his three-year $71 million deal with an opt-out after year two. That works for the Cubs. Apparently it works for Stroman, too. He signed it, so he's got cash. But in comparing this to Correa, I mean, the, the for those of you late coming to this, as the Universal DH makes its debut in the National League and baseball and all over, and now it's much more critical to have offense, the Cubs signed a guy who can't hit. The Cubs signed a guy, Anderson Simmons, a shortstop, who's 54.7 OPS plus rivals Ronnie Cedeno. And now with Carlos Correa still out there, Megan, you made my head hurt when you wrote that the Cubs are still looking at shorter terms and they think that's value is there any reason to suggest that Correa thinks that's value uh, I mean I would be very surprised if Correa took the type of deal that the Cubs would probably be most willing to give him um, I I don't see the Cubs going you know an eight-year ten-year deal whatever long length he might be looking for um, you know pretty much since the offseason started the Cubs have made pretty clear in the front office, at least, that, you know, they, they don't want to suddenly sign a bunch of long-term deals after finally kind of gaining some financial flexibility. I mean, beyond Stroman, if you look at their current contracts, you have Jason Hayward and Kyle Hendricks um, for two more seasons. And then after that, there's nothing really on the books. So they have a lot of room to kind of 
do whatever they want. Um, and, you know, it sounds like they want to be kind of cautious and keep the big picture in mind and how they approach that, which I know Cub fans <laughs> uh, probably don't want to hear. Um, but for me, I would be personally surprised if, if they gave out a 10-year, $300 million deal or, or even something at Lindor um, level that, that Lindor got. Um, just from kind of what they've explained their approach is going to the off season. So I, I don't, I don't see Korea taking the type of deal that, that they would probably want to be giving. This is small market stuff for a, a team owned by a family that was going to port, purchase a $4 billion kickball team in London. How is this acceptable, Megan? How, how does anybody in that organization justify that? Well, I think they try and point to, you know, deals that they've tried to, to make in the past five years to make this team, you know, another World Series title contender and feel like some of the moves that they made um, didn't position them well. And, you know, I, I, I totally get why any Cubs fan would be frustrated that, you know, Cubs aren't, you know, first in line to sign somebody like Korea when they have a clear need at shortstop. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it's the vision that, you know, the Cubs – are taking this time around and they want to again you know build around young players that they have coming up and then kind of again strike strike those longer big money deals when they feel like they have the young pieces in place which i mean if you look at the current roster beyond a guy like nico horner um you know there's a lot of pieces that it's hard to envision where they might be on this team in in two years so they're trying to strike that balance of being competitive short-term while not, in their mind, compromising what they can do long-term. A big trade piece in the, in the Craig Kimbrell move to the, to the, with the White Sox last year, Megan, was Cody Hoyer, who now in the past week, something that kind of almost got lost in, in everything that was going on, not just with MLB, but here in Chicago with various sports news, was the fact that he had Tommy John surgery this week. So do you see the Cubs going out and getting some some more relief pitchers to make up for him not being there this year? And what do we, what do we think about Cody Hoyer going forward now after this Tommy jo- after this surgery? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really underrated situation in terms of just how big of a blow that is for the Cubs. I mean, you already looked at their bullpen and they clearly need to add a couple of guys um, given that, you know, now with him down, they, they have two guys, two relievers who pitched in more than 20 games for them out of the bullpen last year. So, I mean, you're talking about already a pretty really inexperienced bullpen and you're losing a guy that, you know, you know, gives you some firepower in the back end. You could use them in a variety of situations between the seventh and ninth innings. Um, and for him to unfortunately, you know, feel something as he was ramping up in, in mid January and then not rest, not solving the issue, needing Tommy John surgery is, is certainly unfortunate for him. You know, he's well liked, um, you know, among his new, t- his new teammates after coming over at the trade deadline for him, you know, in terms of his outlook, I think if he was a starter, it maybe would be a little more concerning. But as a reliever, you know, you hope that he should be close to being ready by opening day next year. So, you know, even though it doesn't help this year, his long-term outlook because he's young and, and his role should be still pretty good. And then in terms of what the Cubs need to do, I mean, I would say that's their top priority now. I mean, they have 
I would argue you need you need three guys, and and one of those at least needs to be a, a really proven reliever. Um, because right now, I mean, it's it's hard to see who they can really rely on outside of maybe Rowan Wick, um, you know, in the back end of that bullpen. You know, uh, Megan Montemuro of the Tribune covering the Cubs, I hear Craig Kimbrell's available. <laughs> I mean, that would certainly be interesting, although I, I don't know if uh, – if the, if the Cubs would want to give up the, the capital, the prospect capital, that it would probably take to get it, to get him, though, you know, with an expiring deal, it might be a little less costly. Well, they could give him back Nico Horner. He seems to be learning a position for each injury he suffered last year. I mean, this is, this is not a good start, and this is something I, – I don't know where the Cubs go with this, how this, how you look at it, what's – what might be the organization's assessment of guys that the best ability every coach and manager will tell you is availability and they had trouble with their middle infield. So where, where are they with this corner guy? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a big thing with getting Simmons. You have a guy that even though he's basically just been a shortstop during his big league career, you can put him at either, you know, middle infield spot or maybe even at third, if you want to use wisdom in the DH spot. So Having him in the fold definitely is huge when you have the injury history that Horner has and then obviously Madrigal coming off um, hamstring surgery. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely think they're going to keep an eye on their usage and something, you know, I asked uh, David Ross towards the end of the season about, you know, Horner is, you know, at what point does it become a concern that a guy, you know, is, you know, kind of an injury liability and that you have to play him a little less than you would an everyday player to manage stuff like that. And he basically was like, you know, you, you try and, you try and give guys kind of basically the benefit of the doubt that it's, it's just an injury, you move forward, but clearly, you know, it's going to be really important this season for Horner to, to stay healthy, to stay on the field because, you know, he's shown, especially last year when he's in the lineup, like the lineup is a lot different when you have a guy like uh, with his, contact ability and his on-base ability they don't have that many guys like that on this on this roster so they really need him for that skill set um so it'll be really interesting to see how ross manages horner and madrigal um especially now that simmons is going to be in the fold since you mentioned Madrigal there, we'll stick with the the middle infield. I wanted to ask you about Nick Madrigal and how he fits. I mean, we know where he fits on the field. He's he's going to be playing second base. Even, and we saw on the south side, he struggled a little at times with his fielding. So that's something that we know can probably be improved. But I'm curious where where you think he fits in the in the batting order because it seemed with the Sox last year, he was either at the top, leading off, maybe second, or the very bottom. Yeah, it, it, that is a good question because, you know, part of it too is, you know, they really do need to add another left-handed hitter, for preferably one that has power. So, you know, if they add another power hitter, you know, do they want a guy like, you know, they had Wilson Contreras hitting second um, sometimes last year. And so I think part of that will be dictated on, on the lineup as a whole and if they have any other pieces to add. And now, obviously, in the National League, you have the equation of the DH, where that, that really can change the complex of a lineup because um, you don't have to worry about batting the pitcher ninth. So it, it'll be interesting to see where they slot him in. I could definitely see him, you know, in an 8-9 kind of spot where, you know, the, the lineup turns over. And now suddenly, if you have, you know, Nico up there in the lineup as well, um, you have a couple of guys that maybe can get on base for you and, and set up your your run producers. Um, so it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how 
they construct their lineup once they kind of have their, their, their final version, which, you know, ideally, if you're looking at, at the lineup as it is right now, it's not a finished product. Before we let you go, Megan, quick question about just trying to give Cub fans, if it's even worth it, if there's any talk, if they, they want to bring back that DH and they want to bring back the left-handed hitter, Rizzo or Schwarber, any, any hope for the, the – I'm giving up all hope for Bryant coming back, but Rizzo – Schwarber, either of those, none of those. You just want to dash all hopes. You want to kill the season, <laughs> kill the fun for Cubs fans. Megan, um, I will say I will. I would never say never on anybody coming to a team until that player is on another team. But I think you know, in the case of Rizzo, um, you for the Cubs, you've kindly, kind of finally turned the page. You know, from that 2016 core to whatever this new iteration is going to be and you're giving Ross a clubhouse that you know outside of a couple guys like is that that, you know you don't have a lot of his former teammates in there anymore it's really an opportunity for him to to kind of have his team and not rely on on those kind of guys anymore um so I guess I would be a little surprised if a reunion happens um with Rizzo and especially Schwarber, because I think Schwarber has the potential to get a really good deal, um, especially now with the DH in the National League. Um, I will never say never, so if Cubs fans want to hold on to that glimmer of hope, they can. Um, I just think that the Cubs have kind of made clear they're looking towards the future, and I think bringing those guys back kind of muddles that a little bit, even though obviously they, they both could, could potentially help them. So, Megan, I, I, I did want to ask you while we have you, since this is still Women's History Month, I was listening what well, we had, I should say, Maddie Lee of the Sun-Times on Inside the Clubhouse last week, and she mentioned how she'd never really been on a beat with another woman before, like like yourself. So I was wondering about like what that experience is like for you and and how how that how being a woman covering sports like this has evolved over the years. Yeah. I mean, before joining the Tribune last year, I'd covered the Phillies for seven years for um, two different publications and there had never been a woman on the beat in my seven years. Um, so it's, it's, it's really nice. It, I think having women on the beat kind of brings a different vibe and perspective, which I think is always good. Not only just amongst like, other reporters, but I think for, for readers and fans of the team um, that you're covering to get those kind of different perspectives. Um, and that's why I think, you know, diversity, uh, you know, extends to diversity of thought and there's just different ways to look at things. And so it's been really nice being with the, another woman on the beat. Um, I think it's cool that, you know, both of us are covering the team for the two major papers in the city. Um and yeah, I mean, I definitely take that responsibility. I think both of us do um, seriously, not only just as professional journalists, but um, when you are in a in a role that is not occupied that often by by women, um, yeah, it's really important to to even uh, to take it seriously and and um, take advantage of the opportunity. So yeah, no, it's it's been really cool. Um, the, the Cubs also um, hired in the off season a woman for one of their PR um, openings. And so, so there's quite a few women now around the team. And, and I, I think that's great. Uh, one, one follow-up to that as well. And really appreciate your time here, Megan. I, I wanted to ask you about 
Rachel Folden, who is a lab tech mm-hmm. hitting coach for the Cubs Arizona complex down there. Uh, what have you seen from her in the job that, that she's doing down there? Because we've seen more and more now the last few few years, women getting these coaching jobs, not just in baseball, but throughout sports. Yeah, I mean, we were on the backfields every day, you know, before um, the lockout ended. And so just watching her work with the young hitters, working guy, working with guys like Christian Hernandez and Pete Crow Armstrong and throwing BP and, and feeding the, um, the machine and, you know, challenging them um, has been really cool. And, and they've all spoken very, very highly of her um, and how, how well they help, uh, how well she helps them prepare for the season and, and just make them better players. Um, so I think it's really important um, when you have someone like Rachel in those roles and those on-field roles where, you know, they're working with players and, and helping them improve is, is always great. And, um, yeah, I've, I've only heard people um, that I've talked to speak highly of her. Megan, before we let you go, I need you to say hi to my former editorial queen, Amanda Kashubi, as long as we're talking about <laughs> Women in play in positions of power. I adore her. I thought she was terrific to work for. And I'll share this with you on the the week, the month of the the week of International Women's Day and International Women's Month. This comes from Cher. Talk about a queen, right? <laughs> Quote: My mom said to me, "You know, sweetheart, one day you should settle down and marry a rich man." And I said, "Mom, I am a rich man." <laughs> You go, girl. That's I always it. love that one. Yes. <laughs> Megan, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. That is Megan Montemurro of the Tribune. She covers the Cubs. So that's it. You're you're achieving your you're setting your yourself up here. You got a track record going. Uh Julia Poe last week. We talked bulls with her, right? So you're you're yeah. at international trash panda women's booking. That's the goal. That's the goal. We'll try to get. Uh, am I back here next week? I think I am. I don't I know. I don't. Two weeks seems to Do be we even as have a much show as your. I don't know. <laughs> so it looks. Yeah, like, I'm we, we at have one next right week, but not the week, week after. They I'm got a bigger week. name on the other line. You should book Julie Swika, former score host. Julie Swika. Yeah, oh, Julie okay. Swika tweeted okay. out that that she was angry that Ryan Poles ruined her. That that the Mac trade came down the day baseball came back to us. And she said, it's like waiting for Meryl Streep to show up on the red carpet. And when she does, Kim Kardashian does something skanky to steal the spotlight. And then she had a hashtag that had Ryan Poles' name after two precise letters of the alphabet. So she was playing the skanky card pretty early. Julie's been a lot of, been, been around a lot of dugouts. She covered, covered baseball, had a talk show here. So if you're looking like that. We will come back and and talk. We'll take a break. We'll come back. And there are straighten out some stuff on the Khalil Mack deal. And we'll bring into the discussion recreational diarrheist Aaron Rodgers. He's Trash Panda. He's riding with me today on Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Steve Rosenblum with you, Saturday Suckage. Trash Panda is with me in Hi. place of Mark Grody, who will be on this show. He's not on the show now, but he will be on the show at noon, and then he'll be off that show, and Trash Panda will be on the show. We're just having a discussion about last did, did you guys get less bobbleheads? No, I didn't know that was a thing. Although funny, funny you asked, though, because 
during the overnight show Friday morning, uh-huh. we had a caller ask that he'd heard about these Les Bobbleheads, and I was like, this is the first I've heard of it. It was Les Grabstein Day on Friday. Yes, and so that's why the caller asked about it, and I was like, this is the first that I'd heard of it. So apparently it was a real thing, though, and I even said, I was like, if if that was a thing, I, I assumed at that point that Mitch was listening, and I was like, hey, if that's a thing, maybe Mitch can let us know, and and I I didn't hear anything, and I so I guess it's not something that's through us then. Probably not, but you should get them, and I need to know, I have a real, a question I, I will ask Mark. Mark may have more information, but there's a vital question about that bobblehead that I'll bring up. For now, I have a question for you. Early in the week, we saw, we heard that uh, recreational diarrhea's Aaron Rodgers signed to become the richest man in the NFL. Biggest contract, all that kind of stuff. So the Green Bay Packers invested like $153 million in a guy who can't win a playoff game at home in consecutive years. Well done. So actually, the Bears' plan should be to be the wild card team that goes up to Lambeau and plays, and that's how you beat Aaron Rodgers. But once that happened, it was almost like 20 minutes later, it seemed like, Ryan Poles traded Khalil Mack. Do you think if Ryan – do you think if Aaron Rodgers had gone to Denver, Mm -hmm. for instance, do you think Khalil Mack would still be a Bear? No. You I think th- he would have been? All of a sudden, the NFC North changes once that guy leaves. I it's, think no that longer, it's no longer a runaway. You're right. I think that Ryan Poles had already made the decision and was shopping Khalil Mack because that deal didn't happen overnight. He was probably shopping him around for a while. He had to have been because if you make it known across the league that Khalil Mack is available, you're going to get phone calls from numerous teams. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that the chargers weren't the only one. So I think that decision was already made. And I'm hoping that that means that Ryan Poles understands that something that I I've been talking about and trying to hope that other trying to make other people understand is that just because Aaron Rodgers is back or is going, like, even if he'd have left, that doesn't change the fact that the bears weren't going to be a good team this year. It's like, okay, well we have, we now have a route to winning the division this year. And we can stick into the playoffs. Okay. But that doesn't mean that the bears are going to be any better than they would be otherwise. And winning the division without Aaron Rodgers means less. If you're still not a good team. So, do you understand you can, the logic I'm can, saying? Yes, but you can take the North and never give it back. Okay, but you're just going to take the North and lose in the first round of the playoffs. Or you can focus on, hey, okay, since he is here, that's still you still need to be able to beat teams with good quarterbacks, which they historically have not been able to done, like the last 10 years especially, right? They can't beat Aaron Rodgers, which means they're also not competing throughout the rest of the league. So if we can focus now on saying, okay, we need to be able to beat a team like the Packers with a really good quarterback because that means that they're competing through the rest of the league and then they can get to and win games like the Super Bowl. That's the end game, not winning the division. Winning the division is cool, but the goal is to win Super Bowl championships, not division championships. I will call your attention to my four fingers that um, Tom Brady held up and as far as beating quarterbacks. Okay, yes. All right. They beat Tom Brady the, the one time. Yes, and then right. Tom Brady won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't think I don't think George McCaskey should be allowed to utter the word super or bowl for another 10 years. Oh, I hey, by the way, put by him the, in timeout. By the way, Steve, this show is brought to you by the Kite team of Keller Williams Infinity, your Chicago and real estate team. That's because 
Kite Real Estate team knows what's what. We're going to take a break. We'll see if we'll see what what what's what Mark Grody knows, and we got questions about Les Grobstein bobblehead and Bears. And did the Bears get enough for Khalil Mack? Could they have gotten more? And what did recreational diarrhea's Aaron Rodgers do to that whole deal? I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Trash Panda. Saturday Suckage. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.